0: Um, so my name is Pranu Kumar uh, Scomra, and uh, my business venture is Rohi's Readery. This is Diversified Game, Game, Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may
1: agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen. And today on Diversified Game, I have Pranu Kumar, who is going to give us the game on children's books. Now, you guys who have been listening, or those of you who watch, know that as a fellow children's book author, this, you know, I love to get these stories, and she's gonna tell us why she did it, how she got into it. Pranu, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I am awesome to, you know, better than I deserve if I'm listening today, Ramsey, because I surely am, um, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm blessed by the best, but how are you with your, what you were telling me, your new baby and, you know, the, your new venture as well, tell us about it. How is it being a new mom in new office?
0: Oh, it has been wonderful and a whirlwind and all of the feelings (laughs) um, on any given day. Uh, Being a new mom has been a blessing. Uh, It has been a learning curve for sure, just as with this new business venture. But, um, you know, I am taking it day by day, especially during uh, being pregnant and having my little one during COVID. Um, It's it's been a journey, but I'm so grateful that I've had, you know, whether it's virtual or in person have had a community of, of support and love to, to get me through this um, especially the first six months and also with this new venture, essentially within the first six months.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a lot to deal with. Um, and I'm glad that you have a, you know, good support system. And I want to, I want to talk about support, you know, To be a new parent and also an entrepreneur, how do you vet who can be in your circle and who has to like, you know, get out the door? You
0: (laughs) You know, it's so interesting you say that because I have definitely developed a strong understanding of intentionality with time. Um, when having my little one, I would say that, and with, with the people that I spend time with, um, you know, well, in the beginning of pregnancy, I was essentially alone because we had to isolate, you know, for at least two months. However, um, thinking about the intentionality of time, you know, before I had my little one, I was in the classroom, you know, working 14, 15 hour days, um, poor husband, didn't get to see me very often through it all. Um, but he understood and supported, you know, my, my, um, my journey in education. But it's interesting now having her, I've had to really shift and really think about, okay, how do I ensure that I am present? How do I ensure that when I have time, I'm using it quality, um, whether it's taking care of myself or spending time with, with someone that I care about and love, um, I'm sorry, the doorbell rang. The no, it's never, no one, no one ever comes to the door. So I'm so confused right now. I'm sorry. No worries. Um, um, but really thinking about the intentionality of who am I spending it with? So it has been, whether it's virtually with, with my parents, with my husband's family, um, you know, my closest friends also, um, some of my friends who uh, recently have also had children have been texting away, saying, "Hey, what do you do for this? Or what? Uh, how do you take care of yourself? Or you know, um, what? You know, how do you take care of your marriage <laughs> through the first six months? Things of that nature." But um, I've just been really intentional about how to take care of myself and my family more than I would say my profession. Um, Because I know that's what's going to be there for me in the end.
1: Well, we like to focus on international. And, you know, if I'm looking from your last name, I would assume, and I I hate to assume, so I'll ask that you come from an Indian, um, you know, background. Mm -hmm. And family is a big thing, um, you know, real big thing, especially when you get out of this country. I mean, family is everything. (laughs) But um, how has it been? you know, with having a big family used to, you know, big gatherings, mm-hmm. and you have, you know, a new venture, and you usually typically you get support from the family. Has the family been even able to support? Because I know in India, I mean, COVID is just blasting through, you know, who can even think about a book to read when yeah. lives are, you know, just going and going, and um, our prayers go out to them. But like, how has that been? Has the dynamic of the family gotten tighter? Or have things kind of like, you know, flipped away?
0: You know, it's interesting because my family and I, most of my family actually lives in India still on my mom and dad's side, especially my mom's side. And so my parents, when they moved, when I was born in India as well, when we moved to the U.S., it was really just the three of us. And so the dynamic at least has not changed in the sense of, uh being in a small knit, small sort of close-knit unit. But I will say, you know, I was not able to see them for almost a year. And through one of the most sort of life-changing experiences of being pregnant, uh, that was a huge thing. And it was really hard. But I will say one of the things that I really value is that um we the the communication did not change talking to my mom every morning and probably every evening did not change the fact that if I didn't talk to my dad more it, two two days went by my dad was saying okay what's going on <laughs> what, what's happening that's the Indian culture right there wait wait no we're supposed to say good night to each other yes you're 35 that's we still say good night to each other um and I deeply appreciate that but you know um it's interesting because I my family, my parents I'm so close with, um but what has really been sort of that family experience, is, especially as an immigrant moving here, um is the love of the friends that I've developed. and so that's when I go back to that intentionality of time. My friends are truly my family, and interestingly, most of my friends live all over the country. Um, but yeah, that that's been a a really instrumental part for for my journey and um, but the love of my my family and the support of my mom and dad has been um, what has really gotten me through so many experiences especially in the past couple of years
1: well and and I know some folks you know especially from uh, America will say hey once a year that's about right you know holidays (laughs) very abnormal in most other uh, cultures I would say when you Now you're writing books and you're writing books and you have um, black and brown characters. And I know from studying, you know, the market, because I like to write children's books as well, based on my daughter's um, travels,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: London and Sydney.com folks, um, for you guys to check that out. What inspired you to say, I'm going to have these characters of black and brown characters. Because it's like under 2% last time I, I saw of like, you know, black books, especially of people who weren't um, black or brown writing these books. It was usually everybody else telling the story, which um, somebody had to tell it. So it need- <laughs> we needed more writers who looked like the characters they were drawing about. And that's all on us. So uh, what was the inspiration in your focus on that?
0: Yeah, so a couple of things. So most of my writing has been around curriculum development in schools. Um, I'm sorry, that's also my little one in the background, Kellen. Uh, I love it. um, So most of it has been around project based learning. So Really thinking about the intentionality of where our students are from, their localities, their communities that they come from, their culture, their history, and thinking about how do we ensure that this is the curriculum, the resources, the books that we place in front of our children are really empowering them and really uplifting and honoring the stories that are honest, that are not being told. So that was one thing. Um, Another thing, so I haven't written any children's books myself, but with the readery, the goal uh, and and the mission is that uh, we are, and by we I say me, I keep saying myself in the third person, uh, (laughs) is that the books that are in this this bookstore and learning center are representing those of historically marginalized communities, such as the Black uh, population, Hispanic, Latinx, Um, Asian-American Pacific Islander, um, thinking also about um, the indigenous population, LGBTQIA population, characters with disabilities, you know, thinking about all of these stories that once again need to be told because, you know, my experiences of moving to the U.S. um, and growing up in the education system, my family and I experienced um, oppressive and racist practices Um, Not only in the education space, but in the professional space. And I constantly think about, as I reflect, especially for my daughter, how could the trajectory of my life in the way that I formed my identity have been different had I had even a handful of books that looked like me and my experiences in the classroom? And that was simply not the case. And even now, it's so hard as an educator sometimes to, you have to go through hoops and loops to, to be able to implement a curriculum that you want, um, to be able to have the books that you want in your classroom. And so, you know, when I think about my hope for, for children, especially um, children of color and the black and brown population, I'm thinking, what are the books that should not only be talking about history, because that's obviously important. But what about the everyday experiences? You know, what about that little Indian boy that's wearing a putka and entering kindergarten for the first day and having the same types of emotions that any other child is having? And how do we navigate helping that child and thinking about, oh, a child is reading this book who may not have that same experience, but is developing empathy, sparking curiosity, and thinking, "Okay, I've now learned something from this book. How can I take what I've learned and make change in the world? How can I take what I've learned and build understanding of another person's experience?" So, um, sort of all over the place, but you know, clearly, I, I am very passionate about. <laughs> um, identity and, and identity driven learning through the context of children's books.
1: And so is the, the goal of your organization and you guys' links will be in the description box, um, is to take those authors who are writing those stories, Mm -hmm. um, until you write, write one, and then you, you know, you place it in, how does that process work? Because there's many folks, you know, I, I get, I'm a consultant PR guy. People say, "How do you guys create children's books? Or how do you create this? And how expensive is it? I heard it was really expensive." And you know, what, what is expensive? I don't know because that's all you know based on your budget. It's, but you know, how how do authors reach out to you and say, "I want my book"? In your organization, because I don't want people to come and say, Are you going to buy my book and give me a little $30,000 advance and all yeah. these things that England and these other places will do? Um, <laughs> are you going to market it? Or are you just there to kind of like Amazon, host it so people know they exist?
0: So the goal is one, uh, I am very intentional about ensuring that, to your point earlier, that the books that uh, are inside this. Rohi's Readery, uh, the authors and illustrators are reflective of the populations that they're writing about. So, really thinking about the intentionality of beyond just the fact that these are the storytellers telling the stories, but also thinking about, you know, our book publishing industry is a primarily white male industry. And also, if you look at the number of primary characters to your point earlier, um, 76% of primary characters are white characters, animals, um, objects, and, and, you know, other items. Um, and so thinking about, you know, okay, I, you know, if, if only 0.0 or 0.05% of primary characters are of Pacific Islander descent, that's a problem, and it's not due to the stories that are trying to be told. It's due to a larger issue of where's the voice and representation of of our authors and illustrators that are needing to have their stories be told. So that being said, with the readery, um, I am you know open to um, you know any author illustrator. Uh, who is interested in sharing their idea of their book, sharing their book and having a conversation, but knowing what the intent of the bookstore is to uplift the stories of marginalized communities. Um, My other thing is, you know, I want to ensure that I'm not only the only person that is finding these books. I'm so grateful that I've had wonderful colleagues and friends that work in the education space um, who are just as committed to this work. Um, and so not working in silos, ensuring that, oh, if you've heard of a great book, that if you can share that with me and we can read it together and we can think about what is the critical literacy piece that's gonna come out of this. I wanna be very intentional about, about the process um, and, and thinking about you know what books are put on our shelves for our children. I do also already have a curated list though that's going to be in the store that, um, that has sort of been accumulating over the years of working in education.
1: Nice. And so the authors, you guys can submit their book <sighs> and people will see it. Uh, is, the, um, is there any profit that they can get like, or that your organization gets where you guys become partners? Like Amazon, you become a partner. Because they put you in their network, they're going to take a piece um, if someone purchases it. Are you strictly focused on you know the academics? And I want to just get these into as many schools for the kids. I'm not really worried too much about the sales telling, stop thinking money. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> interesting you say that once again, because the, the mission of the readery is really uh, to provide accessibility and to provide a... Um, to provide a safe space and to, find, to, to be a space for community building. My thing is if a child walks into the readery, reads a handful of books, leaves without purchasing a book, the readery will have accomplished its mission because it's that st- one step closer to exposing windows and mirrors through the world of children's literacy. Um, and also hopefully taking what a child has learned in those books and what we call as revolutionary readers to make change in the world. So whether it's just being kind to another human being, whether it is taking an idea that you have or a passion that you have and manifesting it into something more. Um, However, with the books, the way that it's working is that, so I do have a a curated list of books. However, if someone is interested, um, you know, you can email me and uh, I'm happy to meet with you um, in the coming months uh, to talk through the book, see more about it, and then the idea is that if we are to purchase um, a selection or a, an amount of books that um, that you're experiencing profit from us purchasing those books, and then we're also experiencing a profit, that can then go back into educational programming at The readery because that's another piece of of Rohis Readery is to provide educational programming for free for children.
1: I love it, love it. And how'd you come up with the name?
0: So Rohis Readery, um, Rohi is actually named after my daughter Rohini Ray Skomra. Um, but even more so, the name Rohini has real importance because it's named after my Anama, which is my grandmother in Hindi. And my Anima was a steadfast advocate and activist for children's rights in India, especially during um, the pre-colonial, during the colonial rule. Um, My Anima was also mentee to Sarojini Naidu, who is a freedom fighter in India, and she Uh, for those who don't know who Sarojini Naidu Naidu is, she was an activist for women's emancipation, um, as well as children's rights uh, during post-colonial rule. She was also someone who um, was named the Nightingale of India because of her commitment to poetry and in critical literacy in India. So when I think of the name Rohini, And Rohini is right now trying to contribute. (laughs) Um, I'm thinking about critical literacy, activism. And and so I hope that breathes through the walls of the readery.
1: I love this because still to this day, I've complained, you know, to to TV people. uh, I get to, you know, be behind the scenes for so long. But when we talk about inclusion, diversity... Um, You know, they say more black shows, but then they become gangster shows or shows that don't hit. But I've always talked about Asian films. And if we're thinking of, you know, people say Asia, um, China. And I said, well, you don't see until recently, you know, even uh, Asian, Chinese, Japanese on TV. But you have never seen an Indian family on TV. So it's like to the masses growing up, they don't exist. And it's like, are you kidding me? And the, the, for Asians, I, I can generalize, people for some reason think that, oh, Asian women will be so submissive. And I'm like, have you had friends like outside that look like you? I mean, um, when you watch movies now on Netflix, uh, I don't know if you've seen this. I, I love, I'm the biggest collector of Nigerian films, so this is what I do. But Namaste, Wahala. Namaste, being peaceful. But that Wahala, hey, chike, to my pigeon speakers. It's serious. Oh. So how, like, where do you see, like, from the books of Indian, let's focus on India, over a billion people. In America, we don't see enough. Indian representation, so people don't know how the culture
0: is a lot of times. Got a special guest right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, here we go. So I would say that um, it's, I feel spot on with what you're saying about the Indian community. I saw the very first commercial featuring an Indian family, uh, a couple of months ago, and I started crying. I started tearing up. And I know, uh, you know, and and for me, it was, it was a moment of, wow, I, I'm, I'm 35. I'm seeing, and it was a, it was a Kashi commercial, I believe. <laughs> uh, they were, and they were in nature and they were, you know, it wasn't, it, it was just like your typical everyday family. It wasn't anything special, you know, but it was, it was just an experience for me. And, and, you know, there is a show that just um, came out on, I believe it's Hulu. I'm I'm, I apologize if I'm wrong, either Hulu or Netflix called never have I ever. And it is about a young Indian girl um, who is experiencing high school with, with her friends and her, her very protective Indian mother. And immediately I was drawn to this show because Every almost every part of every episode, I kept telling my husband, "I've that's me, that's my mother," and I see now you know why my mom is that way, <laughs> like you know. And so it, it was it when I saw that and and knowing that, and even being able to see like Mindy Kaling, you know, or being able to see uh, just everyday experiences of, of Indian women uh, is is such a it's such an exciting thing, but it's not it's sad that it, 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 it is so exciting because it's never seen. And, and in all honesty, the Indian experience is not a monolith. And I think that's also another thing, you know, people think that Indians are either doctors or lawyers, or, you know, we come here and, and, you know that yes there are those indians who come and they they're here and they have a lot of money and they have wealth and you know but when i think about my experience moving here my parents started from the very beginning from the ground up you know they and and they went to school in india and had the experience but had to start all over when they moved to the us and we did not have that typical what what people would think of as the indian american experience um i also think about you know post 9-11 and the experiences that my family and I faced. And, you know, now I see there is such a collective um, movement with anti-Asian hate, but this isn't anything new. This has been happening for many, many years in the U.S. and even before 9-11 around, you know, um, Islamophobia and, and anti, anti-Brown um, hate as well. And so... I just think about, you know, the, the idea that yes, we're bringing about the stories that need to be told, but I'm hoping that we'll see more and more of just the everyday experiences of the Indian American community. Like never have I ever. And interestingly, I also saw, there's a new show um, that I love called Masaba Masaba on Netflix. And it's about an Indian woman and her mom and uh her, um, and it's based on her true, a true story, but it's her as an entrepreneur, as a fashion designer. I have never seen an Indian show that does not have the Indian, the female being submissive or not being submissive or the male being a doctor. And so seeing her as a fashion designer was like, yes, there are so many more stories about our community that that should be told. So I could keep going, but that those just those are some things that I think about.
1: Yeah. And I know there's going to be I can hear haters sometimes they're going to say, but killing. What about Mississippi Masala? OK, just that you have to go so far back. And, you know, I enjoyed the movie, but it almost made it seem like, OK, that's all Indian families do our own motels or work in motels. And then someone, you know, the submissive part where I. I, I Women, I, I know you guys deal with, and Indian women especially, when someone's approaching you and all they can think is, "Well, you guys wrote the Kama Sutra," and it's like, "Where is your mind? Is that all you know?" Or when they meet you, they'll talk about the one food. They'll say they know something about naan or you know um, masala something. And curry. <laughs> curry. curry, curry,
0: curry. That's yeah. a good, curry. I love, I love chicken curry. Great, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, glad we can sure contribute that. that for you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, what, what are you supposed to say? Yeah. And,
1: and, <laughs> You know, in and, and every culture, even I mean, Mexicans, you know, folks, oh yeah, tacos, and when I was in Puerto Vallarta, no, yeah. we're all really the same. The, the one thing I would encourage all people, and especially the Asian community, I would say we need um, their own militias. You know, K-Town has their own mob. When you go to K-Town in L.A. or, or New York or wherever, you, you know, Koreans have their own mob. Chinese have their own mob. But, you know, Indians need like a Black Panther Party to say, we're not going to just take it. And we want to unite with others who have fought this fight. Unfortunately, in this country, um, we play we a lot of us have played nice. And being nice when your enemy is not willing to be nice or even listen to you and just sees you as labor, it's very difficult to go to the next level and get a TV show or have your book placed in Barnes and Nobles as a priority and not pushed in the back. Um, where do you see this going? Because what you're doing with books, you could easily do with movies and you know all types of arts and even clothing, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Honestly, my hope is, my first goal is to just expose these books uh, in spaces where, you know, there's a system right now, or there has been a system in education. I'm sorry, Kellen, could I just put her... Yeah, Yeah. she she has a bottle. Uh, Yeah, I know. She just wants to move. I'll be right back. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much. I. Oh my gosh. Um, so you were asking me about, I'm so sorry. Okay, no, the,
1: just how, how can, um, you know, what you're doing now with books, it can be done the same thing right. with movies, clothing, I mean, just highlighting things, but I, I'm sticking in the, the arts right now, because, right. you know, folks need to see all children so they can understand, okay, this is not like a alien that came mm-hmm. from outer space. This is a person. They do the same things we do. Um, Yes, we love their food, but we are their sports ability. But we also, you know, love them as a person because they're just like us growing up in this, um you know, beautiful world. So are, do you have any plans to take it to books, to movies, uh films for children?
0: So... My start is, so it's interesting because my start was around teaching, uh, you know, 10 years ago, then it moved into curriculum writing, and now it's moved, you know, into children's books, and so I haven't thought about... Beyond children's books, and I think the reason is because, and I would love if there is opportunity to get into these other spaces. And I will, I will say, the educational programming at Rohi's Readery is working. We're working with um, nonprofits and organizations. We're currently talking in partnerships with you know, um, like museums and and nonprofits that are focused on educational services. So being able to tie a children's book with a piece of artwork that is um, is created by a person of color or being able to have um, a yoga instructor who is a person of color that is tying with a Mindful Moves book that is written by a person of color. So finding ways in which we're uplifting each other's practices, um, but knowing that my um, area of knowledge and sort of also area of learning is consistently within children's literacy, I want to have an opportunity to collaborate with those who are you know, quote unquote experts in their field or those that have a gift in their field, um, whether it's mindfulness, whether it's the arts, whether it's music, whether it's dance. Um, and so that's part of the readeries mission. So I can say yes, in that thread, there is that um, there is that celebration and intentionality of making sure we're uplifting each other's spaces and. Um, But I also know that I am still in constant learning mode when it comes to the world of critical literacy with children's books. And so I want to make sure that I am doing my part to learn as much as I can and collaborate to the best of my abilities with those who are, you know, have a gift in in their space as well. But I love that. I, I, I agree completely. I think that there is synergy within all of these different fields.
1: And so with that, and, you know, your whole um, model is um, what my next question will tackle, but what is your community give back that you are doing or to make it maybe easier in the future, what you plan on doing? Because the best is yet to come and this is, you know, um, brand new. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would say, so right now, I have been doing um virtual and in person revolutionary story time, so called Shades of Brown read alouds, so I have been doing virtual read alouds uh through YouTube uh, as well as Instagram. Uh, of books that are celebrating authors and illustrators of the global majority people of color. Um, I've also been doing revolutionary story times in downtown West Palm and in Rosemary square area where I'm reading a book and then providing an activist kit for the kids that goes along with the book um, so that kids can take what they've learned at home or take what they've learned with me and then apply it into their everyday life or they can make, Um, like in one of our activist kits, I read a book about Sofia Valdez, Future Perez. And it was about this girl of Latin ex descent and she was Mexican and she uh, decided that she wanted to change the landfill into a park in her community, but she had the community support and it was a very diverse community and her abuelo was helping her. And, you know, it was all about, you know, even though she was seven years old, that she could make change in the world by, you know, leveraging the the support of her community. And then inside the activist kit, it just talked about like what is something you're passionate about. And then the kids got to make an activist sign that they could either carry around or that they could, you know, put in their home or or, or their school wherever they might be. And so thinking about how to be really intentional about what kids learn outside. Um, Additional programming that will be at the readery is, once again, those story times, collaborations with not-for-profits in the area, Uh, whether it is hosting an event at the readery, whether it is doing an art exhibition. We just had a really great conversation with the Norton Museum um, and around their educational programming. Um, So thinking about ways to maybe build that. Um, I also will be having a campus resource hub inside the readery so that families have accessibility to what's happening in their community, um, whether it is a brochure about uh, an event happening soon or whether it's a, a really great article that I, I loved or it's an adult um, text that uh, really complements critical literacy well with, for children so that you can take that book home and also read it. Um, There's all different types of programming. And then also my goal, once again, is to really celebrate, uplift, and um, embrace the community as it has for me. And, And so any of the gifts of mindful wellness, once again, the arts, being able to bring that programming into the readery to provide accessibility and knowledge of what's happening in our community for our kids.
1: Well, you guys listening are those who watch, have gotten the game, and if you want to support, go check out the links in the description box and and support before Tanu gets her Nobel Peace Prize. So you can say I supported her when you're watching on, you know, whatever we're watching in the future, it'd be holograms. Um, oh my so god, that, that, that's to come. Um, and say, you know, I, I supported her and the mission, oh, cool. and really get involved. So I thank you for giving the game.
0: Oh, thank you, and thank you, Kellen, for sharing the stories and for just bringing um, our voices to light and, and having a, a safe s- space to be able to have these conversations. Um, as someone who just moved here about a year and a half ago, having this opportunity where you're building community um, and really honoring the voices of our community is, is greatly appreciated. And um, I take this positive energy into my day and knowing that, um, that there are people like you who are doing such great things in the world as well.
1: Oh, well, thank thank you. Thank you. Just doing the work. You guys like, share, subscribe. We're going to take this off air. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits.